Hey everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. I wanna welcome you back. And I wanna share with you that recently we created a series with Health, HLTH, where we actually recorded at the Health Conference 39 episodes with amazing health leaders. And the intent was to work together to share some of the most game-changing future of health ideas. And I wanna share those with you on our platform because the interviews were outstanding. It was three days of aggressive interviewing and just having incredible conversations. So this series is dedicated to you. And so I hope you enjoy all of the episodes in the series. And today, hope you enjoy this one. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe. Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez with the Health Matters Podcast. I want to welcome you back to today's episode straight from the show floor of the health event in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm joined by the amazing Dr. Malik Majmudar. He is the co-founder and chief medical officer at Bioformis. Dr. Majmudar served as medical officer at Amazon, where he led several healthcare-related initiatives. Before Amazon, Dr. Majmudar was associate director of the Healthcare Transformation Lab at Massachusetts General Hospital and an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School where he was responsible for the identification, validation, and implementation of digital health solutions to improve care delivery. He's doing some great work at the company Bioformis today, and I'm excited to dig into that with him. So Dr. Majmadar, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Well, thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. We've been talking a lot about health equity, hospital in the home, helping providers get beyond the issues with labor, you know, the labor shortages. And I'm excited to dive into some of the things that you guys are up to, Malik, at Bioformis. Before we do, though, I'd love to find out more about you. What, what is it that inspires your work in healthcare? Great. Well, thank you for the question. You know, I actually grew up, most people don't know this, but I actually grew up in India mm-hmm. and moved to the U.S. in high school. And I'm the first physician in my family. Oh, wow. So a lot of my Very experiences cool. in healthcare really revolve around some of the things I observed growing up in a different country. Yeah and comparing and contrasting that with healthcare in the US. But what's similar across all, the both continents, is this fact that healthcare is still relatively inaccessible, unaffordable, and in some ways unacceptable for a lot of people across both countries. And at least that's the definition of healthcare by WHO, is it has to be acceptable, affordable, and equitable, right? So I think as I see it in the US, going through med school residency and clinical training, there's a very high degree of variation in care across different geographies. One of the common statistics people use is that a, a, the lifespan of a person living in downtown Massachusetts or downtown Boston could be 12 to 15 years different than somebody growing up in rural Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And why is that? So how can technology really play a role in driving a lot of the equitable and access to care? So that's really what inspires me is trying to say, location should not be the reason you have such a drastic difference in healthcare outcomes. I love that. That's so great. And you know, we've been getting a lot of experiences, like these global perspectives, Malik, and sort of your youth in India, you gained a lot of insights and now you're here. And I, I love how you just did the contrast to the to what the who put out there. I'm like, oh, that was good. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that, so thank you. And so as you think about Bioformis, you know, what, what is Bioformis doing and how are you guys adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? For Bioformis, the fundamental thesis for us is, as you've observed prior to the pandemic, when it started before the pandemic, there's this huge movement 
to transitioning care out of the brick and mortar clinics and hospitals to the home environment. There's a number of factors driving this macro change. There's financial pressures, there's capacity constraints, there's obviously regulatory changes in the landscape. There's also financial model, payment model changes with the government. But as we see this movement from brick and mortar to the home, one of the fundamental challenges today is they don't have the tools, the technologies, and the teams to actually support the transition of care. So what Bioformis is doing is building the platform to enable these health systems and provider groups to actually stand up programs that can scale in the home, right? So for us, we do that across a full care continuum. So we do that across acute care in the home, which is hospital at home. We do across post-discharge transitions for care programs. And we also do that for longitudinal chronic disease management. And for us, the important thing there is that historically those things have been in silos. Yes. So if you're a health system, you have to sign 10, 20 different contracts with vendors to support each of these verticals across multiple diseases. Yeah. So how do you build solutions. the real, exactly, that's a point of solutions, right? So how do you build a platform that is disease agnostic, site of care agnostic, and acuity agnostic? And that's fundamentally what we've built. And the second thing that Bioformis has done in the last few months is go from a technology company to really a care delivery company by building our own provider organization. Nice. So more recently, we've actually hired our own clinical staff of nurses, physicians, and health navigators to actually support people in the management of care as opposed to simply just monitoring data in the home. Sure. Yeah, and, and half the battle is really the people, right? Sure, you've got the technology, but do you have the people to support the new care delivery model? That's right. I think the issue is, you know, if you look at the world of what used to be called remote physiological monitoring, mm -hmm. RPM, mm -hmm. we use the term RPM a little differently by performance. We call it remote patient management. And the subtle but important difference there is historically it was all about let's put some devices in the home, let's collect a bunch of data, that data goes to a bunch of doctors, but they may or may not be ready to receive the data. They may not want to see that data. That data may not be clinically actionable. And that's where all conundrum challenges lie. For us, we're saying let's have our care team handle the data, interpret that data, act on the data, and actually manage the patients, and then communicate that to the primary team to reduce the burden on them. So yeah. that, that's a really critical difference. Totally. Yeah, you know, we've been covering a lot of, uh, of discussions around businesses themselves in this environment. You know, it's a difficult environment for founders. You know, gone from a very frothy kind of high valuation to now gut punches. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the platform businesses that are the strongest and survive. Talk to us about what you believe is going to help you guys weather the storm. And I would say even most importantly is help your customers weather the storm. Yeah. No, that's a great question. You know, there was a really interesting session yesterday. I forget the exact title, but it was like, unicorns aren't real. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the business of healthcare. And I think people considered this consumerization of healthcare as an analogy to software. Mm -hmm. And the KPIs they were using to measure success and growth were all based on traditional consumer metrics like growth and users and adoption, mm -hmm. which, is, which is fine. But in healthcare, the ultimate measure of success is actually outcomes and secondarily, unit economics. And I think in this market dynamics where people have to get back to the fundamentals is, is this actually driving better patient outcomes? Whether it be tech or services, let it doesn't matter. It's actually the yes. outcomes achieved. And then back into are the economics there from the sustainable, scalable business or not. It's unlike consumer retail organizations like Amazon's of the world, it's just not the same in healthcare, right? The outcomes is what drives the cost reduction, not just the volume of growth. So I think sure. that's, I think people are gonna right size the KPIs used to measure success and growth. 
for Biopharma specifically, I think we're fortunate enough that we have two major business verticals. You know, we've been talking about care delivery part of our mm -hmm. business. We also have our digital medicine business, which is focused on building digital tools and assets to drive better patient outcomes, but targeted pharma companies. Mm. How do you develop new digital tools to guide patient monitoring, predicting adverse events, clinical trials? So we have some diversification of revenue that that's allows great. us to sort of grow and scale in this tough market. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, Malik, I think that's great. You guys are, are thinking ahead, you know, putting together a business model that helps the different stakeholders in the in the ecosystem, right? Not just the payers, providers, but also now life sciences. So that's really exciting to hear. And these life science companies, they need the data. You know, I mean, patient reported data, I don't know if it's cutting it, you know? And, and so having something more reliable, like the platform you guys offer could be very beneficial. Yeah, one of the focus, you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think there is this world of uh, patient generated health data people talk about. And then there's like the clinical data that we're used to in the world of healthcare delivery or pharma. I think for us, the secret sauce of bioformance is always how do we discover and validate new endpoints or new digital biomarkers that fundamentally help you redefine how that disease process is either measured, monitored, or actually tested. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been highly valuable to pharma to rethink through technology, how do you actually come up with new endpoints that either accelerate clinical trials either accelerate the endpoint selection or the targeting of the patients so that your sample size required for trials is much smaller than the historically. So I think that's been a value. Yeah, that's huge. So as you think about this concept of health equity, it's been a big theme at our conference and there's been a lot of focus on it. How is, is your company and, and, the, and the work that you guys do helping with the problem of health equity? It's a great, great question. I think probably in every industry, but in healthcare especially, the issue of healthcare disparities and racial inequalities is very well studied. And the pandemic really brought that to life for the first oh, yeah. time, this idea that patients with obesity, blood pressure, diabetes, had much poorer outcomes compared to their counterparts. And those diseases are highly prevalent in socioeconomically deprived neighborhoods and underserved populations. The reality is that those populations usually also have poor access to care and the quality care that they receive is actually highly variable. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we've, again, our approach to this has always been, how do you drive standardization? Yes. Right, we don't want your local community provider group or your local care model to dictate the kind of care you receive, especially when the evidence is really strong on what the right thing to do is. So for us, taking software as the, as the a starting point to say, can we actually codify these evidence-based guidelines into software and let those things drive recommendations for dis different diseases to drugs and doses of these medications allow you to then prescribe to the evidence-based medicine is one way to address the inequalities and challenges of equity and gap in healthcare. The second is access, right? When you have patients who are driving in 30, 40 miles and they have two jobs and they can't take time off of work and the clinic is only open nine to five, these are all challenges people face on a daily basis it's and they can't take time off of work yeah. and they can't or they have daycare issues because they don't have childcare. Like that's all these real practical things that come in the way of going to clinic visit. Having the ability to do a 24 seven virtual visit or asynchronous visit even through text messaging just gives them more flexibility and optionality to receive care that they otherwise wouldn't receive. So I think some combination of virtual care delivery and standardization of evidence-based therapies to us is at least one approach to trying to solve that problem. Love it. And the platform that you guys have helps with that. Absolutely. The Bioforces Virtual Care Platform enables us to do both of these it. things. That's fantastic. So folks, you're thinking about how you could reach 
these patients that are hard to reach, you know, we, we're, we are getting more sophisticated in identifying these social determinants of health. Now there's platforms like Bioformis that could help you reach these patients in a way that's consistent, that's equitable, and it's fair and, and acceptable, right? That was the, the, the three, one of the three. I think I'll, I'll have to repeat it, but WHO's, I think the four A's, and I always read the fourth one, that's why I was pausing earlier. Yeah. But it's acceptable, affordable, accessible are the three that I remember. Acceptable, affordable, accessible. Yeah, and those are the three things that we want for everyone. So let's keep those in focus. So really, you know, I appreciate the, the insights that you've shared today. Any closing thoughts? I think the only closing thought I would have is, you know, there, there, I don't know, there are probably hundreds of companies at Health this year and every year trying to do the good work, trying to improve our healthcare system, healthcare delivery for our patients and communities. There's a lot of work for everybody to do and enough to go around. It's a big industry, of course. But I think the thing that will make everybody succeed is if we all align as a community around the end goal, around patient outcomes. And if all of us agree and align on the right metrics of success and march towards it, I think we can get the policy changes, the payment models, all those aligned to it. And I think we'll, everybody will succeed. Right now, there's a lot of challenges in we were operating fee-for-service models, some people operating risk-sharing models, some value-based care models. And there's a lot of confusion yeah. around which model of care is really where the success of the companies rely on. But I feel like once we align on that, it'll, it'll really help. Love it. Well, hey, I appreciate your your thought leadership here and and uh, and the work that you guys are doing at Bioformis. Uh, really, thank you for for spending time with us today. What, what's the best place that people could get in touch with you or learn more about the company? Yeah, please. Our website, of course, is uh, the place to start. You know, www.bioformis.com. Of course, that's all of our senior leadership is available on LinkedIn. So, of course, you can get a hold of us there, and then you can always feel free to contact me directly there as well. But we'd love to hear from our either customers, patients, uh, fans. Anybody. So thank you. Thank you for having me.